Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Lent is one of my favorite times of year, actually. And I know a lot of people say, oh, geez, you have to give something up. You got to go to church more, et cetera, et cetera. None of which bothers me. But the thing that I like about it is there are all kinds of extra things that you might not have the opportunity to do throughout the course of the year. I happen to like uh, the Stations of the Cross devotion. So it's great to be able to go and participate in that. And we're going to talk about one of those things. And the exciting thing about this particular program is for parishes in the Lancaster-Depew area have come together and are collaborating on this as their Lenten program this year. And I think that's terrific. It's going to be happening March 20th and 21st, taking place at St. Martha Church. It's called The Story of Faith, and it is uh, actor Frank Runyon who will uh, be presenting certain scenes out of the Bible. And that's all I'm going to say about that because our guest today is going to uh, tell us all about that. Diane Zarecki joins us. Diane, welcome to the program. Thank you, Greg. Uh, now, you are actually uh, uh, doing communications for St. Mary of the Assumption Parish. Correct. Right? Yes. So tell us what the four parishes are, first well, of all. Well, the four parishes collaborating on this program, um, in addition to St. Mary of the Assumption, are Our Lady of Pompeii, which is very close by us in Lancaster, also St. Martha in Depew, and Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Okay. So uh, how do we choose St. Martha's as the site? Was there a particular reason for that? St. Martha has a great facility. It has lots of space. Um, We did a similar Lenten program last year, which we held at Our Lady of Pompeii. So we like to kind of rotate around as part of sharing our resources, sharing our facilities, um, giving people, you know, different localities, all relatively close together, but making it maybe a little more convenient for everybody to access the various sites. Makes perfect sense. Sounds like you've really thought this one out. Last year was just three of your parishes, right? Last year, so now, three of us worked together, yeah, St. Mary's, St. Martha, and Our Lady of Pompeii. So this year, we're delighted to have Blessed Mother Teresa in the mix as well. Just again, gives us more resources, uh, more talent to combine so we can make this happen. Okay. Uh, now, I, I should mention, uh, you know, before we go a lot further, that um, if you're interested in any of the things we talk about, you can Google any of these parishes, look at their websites, the info will be there. Um, you know, you can call any of the parish rectory for the, for the you know, times, dates, all that kind of thing. So it, it's not a ticketed event, right? People can just come if they would like. It is free of charge. Um, the event takes place on Monday, March 20th, and Tuesday, March 21st in the evening. It's from 7 to 8.30 p.m. As you mentioned, Greg, at St. Martha on French Road. There is no admission fee. There is no need to pre-register, but certainly call any one of the churches or check our websites and you can find just as much information as you'll need. All right. So tell us about Story of Faith. What is it? Story of Faith sounds like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I have not had the privilege of hearing Frank Runyon live, but I've talked to many people who have and I understand he's terrific. Um, Obviously, it's a two-night program. Um, Many of those Lenten themes, Greg, which you mentioned at the onset, will be central to what he'll be presenting. Um, On Monday night, the topic is the Gospel of John. It's called Signs, the Gospel of John. So very relevant to the Lenten season, Um, the marriage at Cana, 
Lazarus, all the stories that are so dear to us. And then on Tuesday evening, it's a two-parter. He begins with the Sermon on the Mount, again, talking about many very pertinent Lenten themes. And then he concludes with something that I think is going to be super interesting. It's called Hollywood versus Faith. And it's all about the media and how we as Christians live, work, um, deal with the media in today's day and age. So I can't think of anything that could be more relevant at this point. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are not a political program, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Diane Sarecki joins us from uh, St. Mary of the Assumption Parish in Lancaster. And uh, uh, they and three other Depew parishes getting together for the program at St. Martha's, March 20th and 21st, uh, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Story of Faith. How did you decide? side on this program? Our parishes have worked together before. Um, last year, three of us, um, Our Lady of Pompeii, St. Mary and St. Martha, St. Mary's and St. Martha, um, joined forces to present a similar program called Unconditional, where we did a two-night presentation um, with speakers, joined our parishes together, and it was very, very successful. So building upon that, um, Frank Runyon has been in Western New York before, and as he has across the country, just got excellent rave reviews, um, presents a wonderful, moving faith experience, um, has just a terrific CV and a terrific background. So there were discussions of many speakers, but the general consensus was, you know, let's bring in Frank Runyon. He has so very much to offer. So building upon what we did last year, uh, we just expanded it a little bit. It was kind of a natural extension of our collaboration as parishes. So jointly we made the decision and we're very excited to have him coming into town. Uh, now I'll give a little teaser in the next part of the program. We are going to be talking to Frank Runyon. So you'll be able to hear all about his uh, presentations, a little bit about his story. And, uh, you know, so you, you can kind of get a flavor for what you'll be experiencing uh, at Story of Faith at Our Lady or at uh, St. Martha's. And I uh, should also mention that uh, for our listeners who are maybe more on our Eastern edges. He is also going to be in Geneseo doing the same two presentations, a two-night thing, uh, about a week earlier or so. We'll, again, we'll give you all that information when Frank's on in the second part of the program. His website is runyonproductions.com. Runyon, by the way, R-U-N-Y-E-O-N. So uh, there's a little, probably an extra letter in there that you wouldn't have included. Runyonproductions.com. Again, you can Google Frank Runyon. It's the first thing that comes up. I know. I did it. So, uh, Diane, like, there's obviously a number of different formats that parishes use, uh, particularly for like these Lenten and Advent programs. I mean, you, you, people are familiar with like mission. That's a long, that's like a seven, eight night program. Some people do shorter missions, four nights, three nights. Uh, you guys obviously settled on a two night we um, did. We program. Did. Um, uh, give us the kind of the rationale behind that and how you did it in the past. It must have worked for you, I'm guessing. It did. You know, we found that it worked very well last year, um, that it's a convenient format for families, uh, all of our parishes have faith formation programs, so we're encouraging them to attend. It, you know, let's be candid. We're all pretty pressed for time anymore. Um, and, you know, as much of it as we may like to spend, sometimes there's just 
so much conflicting for your time. So we found that if we can get a presenter the caliber of a Frank Runyon who can come in, and I'm sure we could listen to him for hours and hours, but practically speaking, to be able to do that in an hour and a half a night um, and really drive a message home, I think is important. So um, again, we're encouraging people to come as families, you know, bring the kids, bring the grandparents, and be able to do this in an evening or two evenings. And by the way, you can attend either or you can attend both. So you don't, for instance, need to worry if I'm only going to be able to go Tuesday night, I can't go Monday night. That's perfectly all right. You can come to either or to both. Yeah, that's one of the cool things. Maybe you're more interested in the, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. versus the media mm-hmm. end of things. So, um, you know, you're more interested in that than you are, say, the Gospel of John, or it might be the other way around. Maybe the right. more spiritual thing, that's what you're mm-hmm. looking for. This length. That's what a lot of people are looking for. So I think, yeah, that's one of the things that I think is really attractive about this. Mm-hmm. When we held the program last year, we just found that it was such a warm, friendly atmosphere. People were comfortable. They were at home. It, you know, it just came together very, very nicely. So largely we're building upon the foundation that was there. Our Lady of Pompeii has done Lenten programs for a number of years. Yeah. So those of us from the other parishes were um, really enlightened by being able to join in on it last year. And, and I think hope and pray and think that it will continue to build from here. Uh, we had folks from uh, Our Lady of Pompeii on earlier this year. They talked a little bit about their uh, ongoing lecture series that they do there and whatever. So before I let you go and uh, I get Frank on the phone, Diane, I'll let you kind of uh, you know uh, blow the horn for St. Mary of the Assumption. Tell us a little bit about the parish, some of the other things you do there. Oh, my gosh. Well, St. Mary is a wonderful parish. It's a very old church. We're 167 years old. And I'm sitting here at the Catholic Center and almost looking out the window, if there were a window in here, at St. Louis Church across the street, which, of course, is kind of our our background, you know, that the church began back in the 1830s as a, a mission extension of that very church back when Lancaster was out in the forest. Yes, when there, was, when there weren't houses and schools. And, and, and really, buildings. you know, <laughs> this is pertinent to the other churches as well. Our Lady of Pompeii stemmed from there you know, somewhat later in the early 1900s. Um, so again, we, you know, we have many different ministries, many different programs, many of which we share with these other churches. Um, we have grief sharing programs that work together, um, respect life teams that work together, so many different ministries. Um, during the Lenten season, we're part of the Lancaster Depew Ministerium. So we'll be doing a series of Wednesday afternoon luncheons and service programs um, one of which will be at St. Mary's on March 22nd. Um, a couple of people from our parish, our pastor, Father Paul Steller, and one of our deacons will be presenting at those programs. But again, lots of collaboration with the other churches. Very good. Uh, and again, um, I'm sure if you Google St. Mary the Assumption Lancaster, that's probably also the first thing that comes up. St. Right? Mary's on the hill. Oh, so, com. Okay. So I always forget to put that on the that's, hill, you know, because I have to deal with the official names of the. Yeah, the official parishes. name is St. Mary of the Assumption, <laughs> but that history that we're talking about, you know, 80 parishioners way back in the day building a church on the hill at the end of the village of Lancaster. So that name has held over the generations. <laughs> Easy to find when it's built on a hill. St. Mary on a fact, hill. In fact, it's in that book we're going to be presenting. It's Story of Faith, right? I think the yes. Bible said on a hill, right? On a hill. On go. a hill they built a church. <laughs> and if you drive into Lancaster, that would be St. Mary's. Uh, give people the, the times days again for the Story of Faith. I will. The Story of Faith will be on Monday, March 20th and Tuesday, March 21st, 7 to 8.30 p.m. at St. Martha 
in Depew. So we hope to see you there. And again, you can check any of the uh, parish bulletins there. If you're at one of those four parishes, look up any of their websites, call any of the parish rectories. They'll be happy to help you. Diane Zarecki uh, from uh, St. Mary of the Assumption, St. Mary's on the Hill. You got it. <laughs> Diane, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Greg. Uh, we're going to get Frank Runyon on the phone during our break here, and you'll hear uh, all you know about his story and uh, kind of a uh, little bit of what to expect March 20th and 21st. And again, Again, for our Geneseo listeners, our listeners out in the out in the uh, Warsaw, Wyoming County, Livingston County area, he's coming your way too. We'll let you know in a minute here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. The March issue of the Western New York Catholic is now available in your local parish. Thanks for sticking with us here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. As promised, joining us now by phone, Frank Runyon, who is on tour with his uh, various productions. We're going to hear about that. We're going to hear about what he's doing here in the Buffalo area. Frank, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to join us. Sure, it's great to talk to you. Uh, now, um, I, I have to be honest, uh, my wife texted me a couple of weeks back and said, uh, I'd like to go see Frank Runyon at yeah. St. Mar- you know, Martha's in Buffalo, and I told her, that sounds great, who's Frank Runyon? Then a couple of days later, I get a call <laughs> that, uh, um, hey, we'd like you to interview Frank Runyon. I thought, oh, I better go online and look at some of the stuff that he does. So uh, um, now, I'm I, 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 I you said this. Some of those people who was Steve Andropoulos with Meg Ryan, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I know who Steve Andropoulos is. It's so funny. I get these guys that they're like 45-year-old guys, and they come up to me. I'm just so excited to meet you. And he's like this, you know, farmer, you know, just rugged guy. I go like, really? Why? Why? So he says, man, I mean, when I would come in from the fields and I was out there on the tractor and my mom and I, we would watch you. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, but everybody was watching the soaps back in the 80s. It was funny. Uh, my, Those of us that were alive. <laughs> my wife was watching Santa Barbara, so I did have some idea uh, who you were. Santa so, Barbara, yeah, yeah that, was the, that was the next one. Yeah, yeah there you go. Like Father Michael. So, it was fun. Yeah, I did soaps for, I don't know what it was, about 14 years and before we started doing this. Uh, okay, so let's talk about that transition a little bit, because, I mean, you're, uh, you were, you just got an Emmy nomination last year, so it sounds like it's I not did. like you weren't successful <laughs> yes, at what you were doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny. You know, I have friends that are, of course, that never left daytime and and they're doing Young and Restless. They said, this is great. I work 200 days a year. You come in here and you work two days and you get the Emmy nomination. <laughs> I said, like, well, you got to work for God. I mean, really, that's. <laughs> yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe you got a little break. So tell us how that kind of came about. When did you decide that maybe you wanted to do something else? Well, you know, it's just a general uh, and gentle the transition, basically, you know, life happens while we're all busy watching TV and listening to radio, hopefully Catholic radio, um, you know, life is happening. And the stories that you get 
on on television and in the news by and large you know avoid certain topics you know that and then those topics happen in your life like my college roommate killed himself on his 30th birthday you know you don't go to tv and pick up the script and it gives you any solace you know it doesn't we avoid those questions because they're bummers and they don't go well between the commercials you know so we we just quickly shove the question of death and tragedy off stage except to gawk as it as, as spectators you know what a news story you know or and we certainly shove the whole question of god off stage you know but you know you're with those same people that write those tv shows and act on those tv shows when their kids or in a terrible accident, you know, when their dad has cancer, you know, it's like suddenly God is very much a part of the story. But we all understand why for commercial reasons, you know, you're not going to find that in network TV. So what was happening is I just said, well, when do we tell that story? And, uh, and the answer tends to be, well, we tell it for one hour on the weekend, and then we go back to our regularly scheduled program. And, you know, enough stuff was happening. And, and, and we had twins that miscarried. I mean, thing, things happen. And uh, and you need to be uh, listening to to stories that include that. And and the story of faith was uh, too small a part of my life. So that was basically what happened. Yeah, it tends to be the personal things in your life, like the like the very things that you mentioned. That either you start questioning or you decide there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be an answer. There's got to be a better way to handle this, whatever the situation may be. Now, on the flip side, most people don't go to um, seminary, divinity school. You went to Princeton. You went to Yale, um, yeah. and then decide they're going to turn that into a uh, production in parishes. So uh, that's a different, uh, you know, normally when I talk to guys who went to seminary or divinity school, they're doing like professional, like ministry, you know, counseling and all those kinds of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit like the juggler of Notre Dame, you know, he's like, like, what can I do? You know? So he comes in and he juggles. (laughs) That's why he, he offers what he does to God. This is what he does, you know? And so, um, I was uh, an actor and a storyteller, and uh, I'd been very influenced by C.S. Lewis uh, growing up, and, and by his books, and and by lay people that uh, just take what they're doing. Like he was a medieval scholar, and he just sort of tried to include what he was doing into a bearing witness to his faith. So, you know, I was an actor, so I was trying to just include what I'm doing. My kids, you know, weren't understanding church, so I said, well, let me tell you this story. And then I started to study, you know, the original text and take some classes, and I realized that that maybe we could tell this story better, and that what we really need is more artists telling this story rather than artists just putting together commercials. So I started doing it on the side. That's all. To, to, first to tell my kids the story and then to tell my local parish the story. And then, and then there turned out to be a real thirst for, for us to tell these stories um, the way they were written. I mean, we forget that Jesus spoke these stories. Jesus never wrote down anything. Jesus performed, literally, the, performed his stories. He, he didn't, you know, do them the way we do them in church. So it's perfectly appropriate for an actor or an artist to try to emulate Jesus, for that matter, you know, and, and just tell the stories uh, in, in their original. And I went back to the original Greek and, and built it right from there, the way I, as a musician, I, which I'd been before, um, you, you play Beethoven, you play the notes Beethoven wrote. So when I got back to the original text, all sorts of cool stuff happened. The, the easiest thing to explain is a lot of it's in the present tense. 
and nobody has any idea of that. That when you read the Gospels, it frequently goes into the present tense. And, and of course, that's much better when you're telling a story. You say, you know, this, this priest, this rabbi, and this minister went into a deli. And that's past tense, you know. And, uh, and the priest says, I'll take a Reuben, you know. And, <laughs> and the minister says, I'll have a ham and cheese. And, and the rabbi says, I'll have a ham and cheese, too. Suddenly, you don't even notice those last three sentences were in the present tense. Because that's how you tell stories. It suddenly is in the present tense. And, of course, that's the meaning of the scriptures is this isn't just about what happened back then. It's about what's happening right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit is talking to you about your life right now also. And you lose all of that when you translate it the way the scribes do into past tense that we read, you know, in a dead tone in church. So it's, it's just very traditional to do what I'm doing, but it's, it's a tradition before we turned the reading of scripture into what it is today. Well, I, and, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. And I want to encourage folks to uh, visit your website at runyonproductions.com. Uh, Runyon, by yep. the way, spell R-U-N-Y-E-O-N. But if you put in uh, Frank Runyon in Google, um, and even if you spell it wrong, it yeah. will come up first. I, yes, ask me yes, how I know. Will. Okay, yeah, I, I found that <laughs> out see, myself. Well, we've, we've learned that. You put Frank <laughs> Runyon in, you'll get everything. You get all the clips, me on Price is Right with Meg Ryan. You get, <laughs> get everything. But that's good. Your website. Hiding. Your website <laughs> comes up, and so, you know, when, when my wife had said, I want to see Frank Runyon, I went on, I looked at some of that right. uh, uh, material. I encourage people to do that because the sure. first thing that I noticed in watching this, and, and it only took a couple of couple of clips now in, uh, uh, you're both here, here in Depew and then a few days earlier at uh, St. Luke the Evangelist in Geneseo, New York, you're going to be doing the same right. production. You're going to be doing stories from the Gospel of John, then you're going to be doing Sermon on the Mount the next night, both two-night things. And I said to myself, this is the way I picture this going in my head because people miss sometimes particularly the humor in some of the things that Jesus was saying. Oh, there's a lot. Well, I mean, Jesus, the way he even put together his parables were put together in a way that that is a classic humor construction. I mean, if you want to understand Jesus's parables the best way, um, it's you just look at the construction of of uh, an American joke telling. The pretense it's a clear setup uh, that it's it's additive, and that is it says a man says this, and then a man says this, and then a man says this. That's how you tell a joke. If you're doing a novel, you said man said this, and because of that, then his wife said that, and because of that, no, 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 that's not that's the way Jesus told stories the way oral storytellers do. And he used exaggeration. He used juxtaposition of opposites. He used all the things that there are sudden surprising turns of events that made it memorable because he was teaching orally. It was like a joke. You had to be able to remember to tell it the next time, but it was prophetic comedy. I mean, this is not nightclub comedy. I mean, this is prophetic comedy. It has depth, incredible depth, because it was Jesus talking. But yeah, there's humor. I mean, it, people loved Jesus. I mean, they wanted to be around him. We've turned him into this boring yeah. <laughs> personality who with, pours religious syrup on you. You know, it's like, that's not my experience of God, and I'm sure it's not your experience of God either. God is surprising and amazing and creative and loving and 
all the things that Jesus' stories were and and that our encounter with God is also. Uh, well, I, and now I want to kind of go back to uh, what you're going to be doing in the second part of the second night. Um, sure. You know, the, the Hollywood versus the media kind of idea. You sort of started off talking uh, about that a little bit when you told us your sure. story. And, of course, the timing for that is good, right? Because, you know, given the arc of, of the news these days and, and whatnot— uh. And and over the course uh, course of the election, I've I've said this a bunch of times lately. This is not a political show, okay? But um, we we've seen kind of how there's like a Hollywood agenda that kind of inserts itself in just about all aspects of our culture. Oh yeah, oh very much so. Well, just to give a quick overview so people understand what is I'm going to be doing it. At St. Luke's, and again, that's March 17th and 18th, uh, St. Patrick's Day on Friday, and, and March 18th at St. Luke's in uh, Geneseo, and then I'll be doing it on uh, the 2021 Monday and Tuesday at St. Martha's in Depew. Uh, but the first night is the Gospel of John uh, told as a story, uh, in the way it really is in darkness and candlelight. So you get to hear the story, um, and and in all of its power, and it's very pretty. And then the second night we do the most famous speech ever given. The Sermon on the Mount, as a speech, where you actually get to hear it. It's like Jesus, the way he, if he was talking, and and understand that it keeps ed- kids on the edge of their seat. But then the last thing we're going to do at both places, on Saturday night and then on, on on Tuesday night, is I take a look at as nice as it is to have some professional actor stand up and perform this so you can hear it. The question is, do you have ears to hear it? Because all of our ears are tuned to the media. We've grown up with it. We're, we're tuned into it. We listen with ears that are trained by the media. So we can't help but listen to church and listen to to Jesus and the scriptures and, and everything with the attention span and the expectations of those people that have been brought up on TV and radio. So it's nice to just stop for a moment and, and realize how we listen and how we've become people that really live the Hollywood way rather than um, the way of Jesus or the way of faith that we've heard about in Sermon on the Mount and, and John. And it's really hard not to do that because, and it's not because evil people show up at Hollywood and they want to destroy our souls. Rather, people show up and they want to keep their job. And as you know, you have to keep an audience or they'll take your show off the air. <laughs> so, yeah, so the question is, right. how, do you, how do you keep money coming in to pay for the show? And you put on commercials, and pretty soon we're, we're slowly teaching people that if they want to be happy, they should buy things. I mean, it's the, it's the most basic part of commercial broadcasting. You have to get people to buy things. But the first thing that Jesus said was, you know, how happy, how blessed are the people who don't buy things, you know, who are dirt poor. It's the number one thing from the Sermon <laughs> on the Mount. So this is what I talk about at the end. I say, look, let's look at why there's this tug of war in America. And it's just it's just the way it evolved. You know, you have to use a pretty girl to get people to look at the news. Say goodbye, Matt Lauer. You know, here comes Megan. You know, it's like you have to have a pretty girl to look at. Well, slowly we're saying that it's the outside that's the most important because that's what the camera catches. That's what it sees. So so you should be worried about what you look like. You should worry about the outside rather than about the, the state of your soul. You know, and we even forget that we're anything but a slab of meat because skin sells. And so slowly we start to live a very different way of life than we think we're living. And that's what I talk about is, is that it's not terrible to enjoy your football game and to enjoy losing weight and enjoy, 
you know, giving things to your kids on Christmas. I mean, these all things have their place. It's like Augustine's well-ordered loves. I mean, these things, it's okay. There are some goods there, but they need to be ordered. In other words, is, is God at the center? You know, is, is, is real life um, the way it really is what you're living, or is it distorted by, by having been brought up in this media world? So that's what we talk about. It's a lot of fun, and, and I get to imitate, you know, all the various people I've done over the years <laughs> on TV. So it's uh, like people are like, oh, that's amazing. It's like, no, it's not. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, well, Frank, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I know my wife is looking forward to seeing you. Uh, thanks for spending <laughs> a little time uh, uh, with us here on the radio program today. It's great talking to you, Greg. And uh, Catholic radio is important. So thank you for what you do. And thank your uh, listeners for tuning in. And as I said, I encourage everybody to check out RunyonProductions.com. You can find out his whole schedule there and uh, a little bit more sure. about the productions. And uh, as always, uh, for any of the information about the programs we do, visit us at BuffaloDiocese.org or at WNYCatholic.org slash radio. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.